Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers! Cheers! Hi everybody, I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy, and welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast about dating with the really sexy tagline that we always have ready. Oh, Just thank you for being here. locked and loaded. We're all over it. We're thrilled you're here. Um, We are gonna have the awesomest episode today because we have Nadia from Indian Matchmaking, which is a show... We I like just word vomited with excitement over last week and I both of us just watched it like so quickly and we've both been obsessed with it. So it was extremely exciting to talk to her. And yes. I was like a nervous fangirl. Yeah. Nadia was amazing. Um this is not sponsored by Netflix. We just we have all been very consumed both in the secret Facebook group you have been consumed we have been consumed Liza and I in our personal lives by this show I am so excited about this interview and I think you will all really enjoy it Nadia was the dream gem just like she was on the show it was such a treat unbelievable we got to hear some details about her current love life this is the most like ooh, tease stick around (laughs) listen I will ever be I'm fully doing that but I was like, we like asked about it and I was like, ooh, I don't know. She's going to tell us. And she told us. So that was really exciting. Yes. Juicy, juicy deets. So really huge things to Nadia. Uh, Before we get to that interview, though, we are going to continue with our consumption corner because, you know, quarantine is never ending and we're still consuming content. And people can't go on dates or if they do, it's very limited. (laughs) Yeah, so. it's, tell us, tell us though. You've been writing in. We've been enjoying it. Um, whether they're best dates, worst first dates, Zoom dates. Um, we want to. We still want to hear how you're feeling. It's definitely 2020 is the worst year for dating. I I don't know if that's weirdest year for dating at least because maybe some yes. people are having great experiences. Um, but if you're new, welcome to this podcast. Just to give you a little scoop on what we do here. Way, way back in the day, we started with me. I, I, Kimmy went on 32 of 51 dates. I won't spoil anything for you, but um, we then recruited another dater in Kenny, my brother. And then we recruited another dater in Olivia, our most recent dater, who still comes on and checks in. But you know, the pandemic disrupted the format of this podcast. Ad- as did life in general. Completely. We even had like a mini dater on like my my friend and cousin mm. was a dater for a hot second, but she started dating someone like four dates into her experiment and they now live together. <laughs> and we have a high strike rate, strike yeah. rate on this podcast. We do. But, but we also, yeah. yeah, in 2020, we don't know if that's that strike rate is going to continue. And also, it doesn't matter if you're in a relationship or not. We're, we're about Truly. we're about all things. We're about the journey, but not the bachelor journey. Truly. <laughs> I think we're generally about re-examining your hang-ups, misconceptions, and misunderstandings about what dating is and isn't. Yes. Sort of. Is like, what even is dating? I, Liza, I, what is this world? Well, Nadia said it best in our interview. Spoiler. She's like, it's just you're having a meal with another human. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We're all about, you know, you know. Taking the air out of the tires and making dating more of just a thing. I personally, when I started going on all these dates and I needed to hold myself accountable, and so we started this podcast, I was 
definitely coming out of a dark time in my life and needed to actually put a little effort into dating. So for me, like having those that many dates to go on helped me feel less terrified and like my whole entire self-worth was being judged on every first date I went on. But, you know, we all have our different dating vibes and we'd love to hear about yours. And if you want to share yours, you can email us at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. I promise all this boring business is almost over. Um, rate, subscribe, review. That really, really helps. And follow us on Instagram. Ooh, join our secret Facebook group. <laughs> so oh, The secret Facebook group is the best place on the internet. I swear to God. Uh, you just go to Facebook, type in 51 First Dates Podcast Secret and uh, request to join. Someone will approve you. It is like the nicest, most loving, sweet, kind community. Uh, and everyone just shares their dating trials and tribulations ask for advice ask for a little bit of support when they're feeling down about dating and it's really really a great place and also shares hilarious dating stories because dating is awkward and it's funny um so please join that and the last thing please check out our patreon we actually uh do a re- we did a recap this week of indian matchmaking it wasn't a recap so much as like a deconstruction of conversation we talked about it um, and the things that we took away from it, and um, it was very fun. We're also in the middle of doing Never Have I Ever on Netflix. The theme is, like, shows who whose cast members we've had on in the last two weeks. Yes. We, <laughs> we had Eddie Lou on from Never Have I Ever, and now we have Nadia on, and we're doing both of those on our Patreon, and all of our Patreon, um, all of our Patreon income up to the first $500. We're going to match to Feeding America to help food insecurity in America. We're also completely happy to donate to a cause related to um, Black Lives Matter or, um, you know, fighting against racism or white supremacy in any kind. You can specify that when you join. So if you've been wanting to make a donation anyway, you can get some bonus content and all that stuff is linked below, and I'm done. I'm my final piece of business. Speaking okay. of Eddie Lou, the gem from last week's podcast, who is on Never Have I Ever, he plays Steve. If you um, weren't tuned in last week, he just had a really quick corrections corner. So when we were speaking, uh, we haven't corrections cornered in a minute, but Liza and I, we probably that's probably it's because a sign. we're perfect and we never we, say anything wrong. Exactly. And like, if we Eddie, never have, you know, we never will. Yeah. We, well, we got to remember corrections quarter. But um, Eddie just said that what he posted this on his Instagram, like that he brain farted and misspoke in this episode of our podcast um, regarding Kamala and Steve in Never Have I Ever. I'm well aware Indians are Asians too, but I accidentally said Asians and brown when I meant East Asian and South Asian. Sorry, but please check out the episode. These ladies are great. Oh, sorry. I didn't need to read that in part. But basically, just for context, we talked about it and he expanded on that. Because this is a distinction that's often missed by people, especially anyone who isn't South Asian. It's super common for people to refer to Asians as anyone who looks like me. Um, But more recently, people are becoming aware that there is East Asian, i.e. Chinese, Korean, Japanese, Southeast Asian, i.e. Filipino, Vietnamese, Thai, South Asian, i.e. Indian, Pakistani, and it's all still Asian. Um, So... That was a really, sorry, reading out loud on a podcast, always super sexy, but I wanted to capture what Eddie wrote to us, um, just because he was such a gem for coming on the podcast, and yeah, it's totally. a good lesson. And he wants to get it right, we want to get it right, um, and it's a good, uh, it's a good thing to keep learning about. Um, Consumption Corner? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay. okay, so okay. for new people, really briefly... 
because our the usual format of our podcast is we talk about somebody's date every week where we have a guest on, but we're talking usually actively about dates, first dates that are happening, either from a listener who wants to come on and visit uh, and share a story or from our regular dater, Olivia. But in quarantine, we have not been able, obviously, people aren't dating. So we're talking about what's getting us through quarantine in consumption corner. Mm, I'm so mm, business mm. today. Business. Like I I both love it and hate it. It's it <laughs> like um gives this part of me that like wanted to be a weather girl, like a weather person. I wanted to be a weather person when I was little. I love for that. a second. That's Liza, <laughs> that's a specific dream. I like that you had that. This this is um this is really giving that that person, that small part of me, a lot of joy. Um, Kimmy, what are you what are you consuming this week? What am I consuming? What am I consuming? Well, the first consumption that I am going to recommend is very specifically something that you recommended to me literally yesterday and now oh I've God. watched. So I may oh be God. stealing yours. So I'm we so can excited. do it together. Okay. Uh, it is the Doghouse UK. The Doghouse? Ah! The Doghouse UK on HBO. Max. I'm so excited you're watching. Liza. Oh, oh. Last Did night. Did you cry? Was, oh. I cried. Okay, so first I watched the the latest episode of I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the Michelle McNamara HBO documentary. It is an incredibly upsetting episode about when she died, but it's just so beautifully done. So sobbing, sobbing. I was like, I need some dogs in my life, but I also want some more cathartic crying, which you recommended I might have. Oh, if you guys, I'm sorry. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm like shaking like the little pups. Liza, you recommended this to me, so I, I feel like I'm stealing yours. If you want to describe what this show is about, I think you'll do a better job. Than, oh, my God. Than well, I. my pitch to Kimmy was like, what if the Great British Baking Show was about matchmaking rescue dogs with their owners? <laughs> it's fully the vibe. It's like a beautiful English country pastoral landscape, like light. This, the music, I swear to God, it's like just almost the same music (laughs) very mellow vibes and every person on the show is so cute and sweet and earnest that it hurts like the people who work at the dog rescue organization the people who are coming there to adopt dogs even the people who are surrendering their dogs i feel so sad for them so much of the time i have cried at every episode without fail but it's like there's something that feels really good about it you get the backstory of the people who want to adopt dogs like they spend these like time with people and some people have really extreme stories there's a man who like recently had his leg amputated Mm -hmm. and he's like depressed and dealing with mobility issues there's like a teenager with autism there's like people who have stories that it's um like kind of clear why they're looking for that animal companionship and then there's also people who are just like uh i don't know like my our marriage is a little bit like not as uh, not as great as it used to be and we think this will like re- just like smaller things that are so relatable where you're just like oh yeah like a dog makes everyone happier yep and uh it's they really when you said matchmaking and it's not just because that's like the theme of this show <laughs> but they do they, they keep calling it like a dating agency oh my god no yes wait, i just attempted a terrible I, oh sorry i can't do british accents and i'm very embarrassed that that's now <laughs> I, I think that was fine it's better than what i could do um i always try and i'm so bad i'll like do it around the house and get made fun of um anyways so that is true though it is about the match it's and they, they've created this really fancy pen and you watch and see if they have interactions and 
if you're like, I don't want to watch this because I'm afraid of the tears, I yes. When they surrender the dog because it's incredibly painful, there was one woman in particular who just sobs. It's Bear, um, the Pomeranian. It was just so sad. Uh, But there is a reward. You know, yes. For most every dog, you see it rehomed. Uh, I don't know. Totally. Yeah. They. It's like amazing the way they show. Like, okay, this person is giving this dog up because they can't take care of it for X, Y, and Z reasons, and then they find a family who wants a dog that that like needs those exact same things. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like these puzzle pieces, and everyone like watch. It's just so. It is just like the right level of feelings for me where it's like almost always a happy ending. There's lots of cute dogs. It's very relaxing to watch. I'm yeah. obsessed. Um, uh, Yeah, I highly recommend. I'm going to. I'm so glad you watched. Yes. And I'm going to recommend a book. And um, I just mentioned to Lisa, it's. It's a book that I consumed, and this is going to sound like a humble brag, but I consumed in a work setting before it was all the way published. It's called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, and now it's like quite, um, it's being received very well. I feel like it came out somewhat recently, but so so I'll just give kind of the very brief synopsis because there's a lot of writing on it, but I remember at the time reading it and being totally floored by it. It's an incredibly powerful story about two black sisters who are light-skinned and their pa- their lives take two very different paths. Um, one passes as white in her life, like as she goes on, whereas the other um, does not, has a child with a black man and it's their lives intertwined. I don't want to give too much away and I also read it mm. a while ago. I'm going to reread it now that it's all the way out. Um, but I-, I remember being, again, like just it's so... It's it's a fascinating story, but it's and it's really well told. But it's also, I guess, at the time when I read it, I didn't. I should have had the context, but I wasn't as acutely aware of my white privilege and the privilege of skin color. And um, it's just, I, I highly recommend it. So, I've heard so many good things about this book. I should I should pick it up. I'm still having my quarantine thing of like being a very lazy reader. Which is making me feel horrible. I I'm a really huge reader in normal life, but I'm very busy and don't have any free time. But for whatever reason, it's like I've been really sluggish and I've been really craving um, reality TV, which I don't feel great about. I mean, I finished Married at First Sight season one. Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. Fuck also, yeah. I just like threw out a book that I read a year ago, so <laughs> that doesn't count. But I mean, I want to recommend it. No shame. I, yeah, no, I think that's completely fair. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. This is like so uh, weird and embarrassing, but I've been playing video games because I'm like out of stuff to do. Not embarrassing, but whatever. Not at all. It's like it's stimulating and relaxing. I don't yes, know. completely. Um, but yeah, it, the the TV that I'm consuming I think it's just other like high level garbage <laughs> like I've, I've I watched like a couple episodes of Shark Tank I really Hulu really gets you with just like we're gonna put every show on on our platform and like yeah. you guys just have at it but I think that Doghouse UK is like my really big level 
consumption of the week. You had another one, the Amy Schumer documentary. Oh my God, yeah. how did I forget about that? <laughs> Sorry, I just Thank like, God. you've no, given me all of my content. God, so you are here to help me with this. <laughs> okay, and I am just looking, plugging all these HBO Max shows. Um, it, so yes, I, I'm going to I'm gonna monologue about this for a second. Yes, please <laughs> So it's do. called Expecting Amy. It's on HBO Max. Um, it's a three-part documentary about Amy Schumer um, it traces her pregnancy, which she had a very difficult pregnancy. She had something that I had never heard of that I'm probably going to mispronounce. I think it's called hyperemesis. And it basically just means like you have really bad nausea throughout your entire pregnancy. Like she was puking constantly. She couldn't stay hydrated. She kept having to go to the hospital to be like to get IVs to, to stay hydrated. And she was just completely like miserable the whole time. And at this time, she was also um, doing a stand-up tour. She was working towards getting an hour of, of um, like hour of uh, material ready for to to film a special. And she filmed a special while she was pregnant. All of this stuff was happening, and it's really about so much about like what it is to be uh, trying to like fulfill. I think I feel like at its core, it's like what what it means to try to have it all like she's a super successful famous woman already and she's like great i'm gonna have a baby i'm gonna keep doing what i do and i'm gonna just chug along and then her body is like no fuck you i'm this is gonna be so difficult and painful and horrible for you and she pushes she you know she keeps pushing through and it just gave me so much respect for her but also just such a window into how much you can you know think you're gonna like be this badass modern woman and do everything and how sometimes it's out of your control. And I don't know, just as I'm like 32 and gearing up to freeze my eggs and like thinking about a lot of shit that like is adulty, it was, um, it was very eye opening. Like I'm, you know, we, we've talked about this plenty. I'm very ambivalent about whether or not I want to have kids. And there was a lot about this where I was like, this just felt like a very real window into working during pregnancy in a way that I've never seen before. And then <laughs> It also is a lot about her relationship with her husband and her husband was diagnosed with Asperger's like during the course of them filming this documentary. Wow. Like they go to the doctor with him when he gets diagnosed, like you're like can see parts of that and what it means to be in a relationship with someone who is on the autism spectrum disorder and um, what it means, like what the diagnosis meant to them in terms of like how it changed their communication styles and how it helped them resolve issues they were having and i was saying this to kimmy yesterday like it it shows one of the most like realistic fights between like a married couple that i've ever seen on tv like it just felt so real and so relatable in that like they were both kind of right and kind of wrong they were Mm -hmm. sort of miscommunicating i was on both of their like it it just felt like a real fight where you're like we are working through something together we're going to come out the other side but it's very very hard like in the thick of it um, and I thought it was so like this is such an overused phrase, but I just think it was very brave of both of them to put all of this on TV. Yeah, no, I I I liked Amy Schumer's last special. I do think I got burnt out on her in some ways, which is its own thing of my making and society's making. But I have only heard great things about this documentary and I I really want to watch it. 
and I really want to make my boyfriend watch it so he can think about what pregnancy does to bodies because I've heard that's pretty rough. Yeah, three, it's yeah. definitely hard to watch. It's it's so powerful though. I like. I think everyone should watch it. I am. Uh, yeah, I. It was so good that I almost want to watch it again. Like I watched it like a week ago, and there's a part of me that's like, I will wow. be ready. Like there's so much in it, and I watched it all in one sitting. Um, but yeah, like high recommend. And also the special. I the thing that I am gonna do. I watched the special that she that that she made the con the stand up special she made, like that this expecting amy documents i watched it when it came out which was maybe like a year ago or something and i think i want to rewatch that because it is really like a really good special she's really mm-hmm. funny and it's really like powerful and she's very real um so yeah that was a big one that was a, a like a way less lowbrow one and then i also watched a lot of 90 day fiance this week what's up what's up so so <laughs> shitty the worst of american society on tv I there mean, we go you know but we also were so lucky you know of late you know this is why i'm so excited about our interview with nadia we also have we've had highbrow lowbrow we've ha- got indian matchmaking i would say another my my i'm gonna promote it again z-way's show watching it live on instagram is the most fun if you can at 8 p.m eastern on thursday nights um at z-way f on instagram i will not stop promoting it because i think it's just a fascinating fascinating piece of content for this moment um yeah, I mean, Liza, it's okay. No, no shaming yourself. No shaming yourself about books. We're all craving what oh we're God. craving. <laughs> and I finally started. I may destroy you, and I'm loving it too. We've already talked about. We it. Have. I just go into it. Yes, but like, yes, it's but very good. I'm actually okay, so it's there. It's, we go. It's not all lowbrow. It's not. Over it's here. just there's so much out there. You know? <laughs> I just forget the highbrow stuff because I'm only like, wait, what did I watch last? No, I hear you. Well, Liza, you know. In the in the sake of time, and because I, I anticipate we'll have some people who are really here for Nadia, and as you should be, she's quite amazing. Um, do you want to just okay? Here's a thought I'm having. Do you yes. want to think thinking about the awful state that you know this country, the U.S. specifically, is in the world, but like really, you know, the pandemic is serious, and we I really don't want to be flippant about people who are starting to date, but. Can we each try to think of we I know we've talked a lot about the silver linings to 2020 and dating, but in terms of like what what we think the good that will come out of this for maybe like relationships as a whole, family, friends, like one positive thing. I don't know. Can we try yeah, that? Totally. Is it too cheesy? I mean, it's too cheesy. not at all. I, I have my answer ready already okay um i feel like it's really making people take stock of their lives like they're with so much time on our hands and such a even if even if you're still working even for um essential workers whatever with all of our lives so interrupted i think every single person i know working working from working out of home working from home like furloughed or laid off like me like all of these different fields i feel like everyone i'm talking to is like well this is really making me think about my life a lot because our our habits are totally interrupted and i think that can only be a good thing when it comes to dating i think with a lot of time to really be like what do i want and what am i missing and like what type of person we talk about this with 
with i don't know if we talked about it with nadia or if we talked about it in our patreon episode about indian matchmaking but the power of being like making a list of like who do i see as my life partner if you're looking for a life partner or is it like i kind of like this i don't need to be with anyone i'm very happy alone like maybe i am an introvert or any of these things um i feel like that can only go well in terms of like when things do open up i think people will have been alone with their thoughts for a long time and have a better sense of like who they are and what they want yeah or maybe i'm overestimating no. people's abilities i guess like feel. no because people you know long time listeners will be like, you guys kind of did an episode on this you had a big conversation with you know trey um from the first date fix about this but i agree and mine is very much associated i think it's like i there is you know unfortunately this is a dark i don't want to be like everything's rosy because you know what is fucking unfair about this pandemic and especially the way it's been ha- handled is that we have now had to be isolated from people we love for much longer than I really think we should have, though it would always be a significant chunk of time. We, you know, especially people who were looking to 2020 to date more or connect romantically, really limiting factor here being that, especially when it comes to strangers, those kind of interactions are just so much riskier than ever before. But I think all this, um, you know, anxiety, loneliness, whatever you or you know your loved ones are feeling in this moment I think to your point Liza it's like the dark before the light not that everything's going to be perfect I am very terrified please vote we are under 100 days out from the election sorry uh but just like sitting with loneliness or anxiety or fear around Will I ever find someone I think will when we come out of this maybe be kind of like the moment that gets people to be a little clearer or proactive about what they want or don't want like why was I wasting my energy complaining about being single I actually love being single uh other side like why like that loneliness I feel like would have been different with a partner or even people who are in partnerships that are not surviving this quarantine because that seems like it's happening like what do I actually want to be intentional about finding for myself in my relationships coming out like when we started this podcast, I had lost my mom and unknowingly, you know, I think while she was sick for so many years, I really struggled to be open and vulnerable in dating. And my therapist helped me realize that. But I also think like it was it wasn't a coincidence that, well, I needed a project. But after she passed, we started this podcast. And I don't know. I think I was just sometimes these like the darkest times or the the very difficult times can help us see what we actually want to be looking for and what we want they're clarifying stars to align in terms of how we (laughs) connect with other people I don't know I'm trying to be like Seema but I I can't be um I don't know like no I think it's it has a way of bringing everything into focus Mm -hmm. um you wish it didn't have to you 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 know it's not worth the the trade-off but if um i don't know i think that every time things are are bad you emerge on the other side with like so much clarity um and it's it's it is like a powerful thing so stay positive daters i know we're a positivity podcast positivity no No, lol fyi wellness no if you're new we're not a positivity (laughs) for wellness and positivity not 
not here. No, but honestly, like dating wellness, but like I hate that term wellness. Like you can like by wellness, I mean, please write us long emails complaining about how shitty this time is um, or come on and talk about it. We, you know, we hear you and I, yeah. And we're here for you. We what are. is the content that there was some documentary? I don't remember which one, but it was like some such, some documentary nagged on all these influencers, and because they they made like a supercut of all these different influencers talking about how positivity is their brand. Oh boy, what was that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Do I? I should. Maybe is not. Fire festival? It, like what yeah, could it be? yeah. I think it was. Okay. Well. Positivity ain't our brand, but no, we do negativity is our brand. Up, but also sort of positivity. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> finding the positivity when you're a negative person. I don't know. We're not I negative people. We don't it have a matter. brand. It's this is the brand. Not being this able to it. articulate ourselves is our brand. You cool, are cool, cool. listening to the brand. <laughs> um anyway, Gems, uh, we are so excited to have our interview with Nadia. Um, we love you guys. We're going to take a really quick ad break and then we will be back. Okay. We are so excited to have Nadia from Indian Matchmaking here. Nadia, thank you so much for coming on and doing this on Friday morning. (laughs) Oh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) We're thrilled you're here. Before you got on, I was like, I have to try not to fangirl too hard, but then also like I... (laughs) I'm just going to probably because Kimmy and I both <laughs> ripped through this show in a day and immediately we're like, Nadia is so cool. Like we, we've both been, yes, like I said, fangirl, fangirling you. So we're thrilled you're here. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> I, before we kind of dive into things, you know, more specific about the show, how have you been feeling? How is, I feel like the reception to the show has been so great. How has it been to kind of come into the consciousness of people like us? <laughs> Um, it's extremely surreal, um, and just, I'm absolutely mind blown by the response that the show has gotten. I, um, like going into it, I was like, well, who's going to watch this? Because like matchmaking is, um, I feel like such a kind of niche, uh, area. And I was like, are people really going to be interested? And just the response that we've gotten has just been so overwhelming. I've gotten so many messages of just people, you know, outpouring of love and it's absolutely incredible. And um, it's been hard to like focus on real work this week. So it's <laughs> my boss. But um, it's, uh, it's been, it's been so amazing and, and I'm enjoying the ride for sure. That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. It's crazy. I love mm-hmm. how we we were talking about this recently, like how quarantine I think has kind of allowed these shows to have such moments like everyone's getting on board with shows and it's so fun and like i'm so glad this show is is just taking off and crushing it because it's so good um before this show can you tell we always ask this question it is like the most terry gross we're gonna get but before this show can you tell us a little bit about your relationship to relationships if you had worked with a matchmaker before if you had thought about it before yeah um i was my last relationship was like almost five and a half six years ago um and I hadn't used a matchmaker but of course when like millionaire matchmaker came out I was like wait maybe I should use a matchmaker who's gonna find me a millionaire because (laughs) why not um so yes I had considered using one before um but I I didn't um most of my relationships all came from 
like just meeting somebody. Um, I used the app. I've gone on some like pretty terrible dates and I was like, this isn't working. I'm not going to settle. Um, and then when the, you know, opportunity came around for this to, to work with the matchmaker, I was like, I have nothing to lose here. Um, and everything to gain. So it was, it was kind of a no brainer for me. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And so how, how did you decide to kind of, I don't, I don't know how the process exactly works, but both work with SEMA, but then also go on the show because I don't know, I, I've kind of been thinking of how we all look at our dates and our love lives like they're a TV show or a movie, but now yours is captured. Um, moments of it is captured on like a really good looking show. So how did you decide <laughs> to like, yeah, both, I guess, work with SEMA if like that came first and then say yes to the show? Um, it was kind of a... Uh it was like dual pass kind of. So um, I saw the, I got the like email for the show uh, through my dance company. And so when I started through the, the, the uh, like process for it, um, then I realized that it was like matchmaking and I was like, oh crap. I was like, what? So then I was like, you know, like I said, I had nothing to lose. So I was like, why not? Um, and then working with Sima was actually, I actually really enjoyed the process. I know, like I say it on the show, I was like, I felt like she was like my aunt who was just like kind of looking out for me and like setting me up. Um, and so I actually enjoyed the process a lot because I felt like, I mean, you would hope that her clients were more serious than just, you know, randos that you meet. Um, and I felt like, you know, she got to know me a little bit and could bring me people that, you know, would fit right in rather than like having to swipe for 10 years before you find someone who is remotely interesting. And then, you know, they might turn out not to be. So it was, um, it was actually pretty easy. I would say every person she brought me, I saw like on paper, I obviously saw why um, I understood why she brought them to me. Um, but, you know, when it's in her words, if the stars are not aligned, then, uh, you know, it's not going to work. So but, you know, sometimes the chemistry is not there, but on paper, people might look great. Yeah, but it's so, I mean, as when I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, I I want, I, I want to do this process with her and I <laughs> have, like, a partner. It's, it's insane. I think it's so cool. The idea of, like, a human being meeting other human beings and then trying to match them, having been in the same room with them and, like, looked around their homes. I'm just like, oh, this makes so much sense and uh seems easier than swiping um (laughs) so there's a ton of talk obviously on the show about families like family pressure kind of all things around family your family seems extremely cool and chill can you tell us about what it was like to take your mom on a first date that was one of my favorite scenes your mom just seems like a good hang (laughs) oh my mom is honestly the best we are so so close um and taking her on the first date was actually pretty easy like as you saw she's actually more fun than I am she was like I'm gonna have a mimosa (laughs) 
mom it's like Incredible. 9 a.m or like 10 a.m <laughs> um and we had been up earlier like pretty early that morning because um we were shooting even beforehand and i was like oh my god i'm so tired it's like i didn't have coffee um and then my mom was just like la 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 i'm gonna have a mimosa <laughs> uh, but it was great there were points on that day um where it was just shaker and my mom who were talking and i was like okay i'm just gonna sit back and and enjoy my mimosa and my cookie and uh and they were chatting my mom is great i mean she is not the my parents both of them actually um they're not the uh i'm gonna put so much pressure on you to do this like they know my thoughts and i i do get i do push back on them because i'm like don't don't force me into this like you um you know i they know that I'm independent and that I'm strong and that, you know, when I'm ready to make this decision, it'll happen. Um, or when I'm, you know, ready to find the person and, and do that thing. But um, yeah, the, the family pressure is, is very minimal. I get it more for my extended family um, because they just see me as like, you know, a single girl and they don't see the day to day. So my parents are chill, my extended family, not so much. <laughs> Yeah. And is that, do you, do you, are you pro now, like mom on a first date or like involving, I would say more broadly, like involving families earlier. Like, I feel like it's such a thing in, in like American dating that like introducing someone to your family is such a thing. And I know like I've put it off for a long time, but again, watching the show, I was yeah. like, it's smart. You don't want someone who doesn't mesh well with your family. Like I've been in that situation and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I am. I guess kind of go both ways because like I have also, I mean, I was born and raised here. And so I haven't introduced any of my boyfriends to my parents until it's like pretty late in the game. Um, and then I come to find out like, oh, my parents actually like don't like them or, oh, they actually don't have like a chemistry or anything to, to chat. And I'm so close to my family that that's so important to me that they can get along. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't advise bringing your mom along on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone out there has stories, let us know. Um, I guess like maybe on that, you know, your family seems incredibly supportive. And I think, you know, the flip side of that on the show that some of us like more ignorant Americans who do not have an Indian background learned was that some families have really specific wants for their children or even if not the families you know when caste gets involved I know you being Guyanese you know that was a really educational moment for me something that I was ignorant to mm -hmm. um, was really surprised to learn how much it kind of impacted the matching process do you think like you know in the future kind of the I don't have a better word so I apologize I kind of wrote it as okay. quote unquote criteria for like what mm -hmm. makes a good match will evolve. I because I do think it's not, you know, all cultures have this in their own ways, but specifically in terms of Indian matchmaking. Um, do you think there's kind of some change there in terms of going beyond caste or, you know, other kind of limiting factors? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh like comments and feedback about the show about how it didn't address things like that caste colorism, ageism, like fat shaming, um, all those different areas. And I mean, the sad reality is this is still how it is. This is how the society is still looking at people. Um, it's unfortunate, but um, I think as 
our, I think our generation is going to be the one to change that um, because I, I feel like maybe the older generation still might be a little stuck in their like that mentality. Um, so I think it will slowly start to evolve. But um, I think for right now, unfortunately, this, it, you know, what was portrayed was actually still a reality. Yeah, it's and I think like for me, again, it was really important to see that reality as much as that like I had some sense from friends of it, but just yeah. seeing it kind of play out in different ways, both in the U.S. and in India. Um, yeah. yeah. And what do you think? I mean, what do you think this show is going to what kind of impact do you think this show is going to have for people who aren't familiar with this with this world? Yeah. Um, gosh. Sorry, we're just asking you, you tiny, we're, we're like yeah, really like big questions. simple questions early in the morning. Let's yeah. talk about the global impact. Yeah, Nadia, cool. have all the answers, please. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I mean, one, I hope that people see that you actually that you do have a choice in matchmaking, or at least that's where it's headed. There is obviously that extreme of like parents who still are, you know force their kids into marriage and that's a whole other side conversation um but I hope people do see that like using it is not using a matchmaker is not a taboo thing um you know and it's not like oh you're just giving up and like settling with whoever they bring you um so I hope that people kind of take that away and I hope that they for for my personal story I hope that they can see that um, you know, mainland Indians, like people who come from the subcontinent, you know, from India, um, that there is such a greater reach globally of the Indian footprint. Um, and that, you know, just because our, you know, I say in the show too, like my family just left a little bit sooner to go to a different place. So just because they left a little bit sooner doesn't mean that my roots still aren't there. Um, and that goes for, for Indians all over the world. There's Indians in Africa. In, like I have an uncle who's from Fiji who has the same story. Um, I've gotten messages from people who, you know, have shared their a similar background. So um, I think that would be another point that I hope really resonates with, with viewers is that the footprint and the reach of India is so much greater than just mainland. Yeah. It was cool. I loved the the history lesson we got and the math graphic we got with <laughs> talking about Guyana because I was like, I didn't know this at all. And I, you know, yeah. I wanted to be smarter than that. But it was just really it was really cool. And it does. Yeah. Open up these um, these like. Like pathways of knowledge that so many people just like miss because of our shitty education system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Like. Um, I mean, my obviously close friends know I'm from Guyana, but when I, when I meet people, they're always like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm American. And then they're like, no, 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 but like, really? And then you have to go into the whole story. And then when I say Guyana, people are like, oh, you're from Africa. And then like, they actually think I said Ghana. And I'm like, no. And then I have to like go even further. And it's just such a process every time. And so when I say I'm American, no one accepts that as an answer. And I was like, wild. dude, I was born here. Yeah, you're American. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, on a lighter topic, this came directly from yes. listeners. Okay. So, you know, on all of the dates that we saw you go on, I I also felt this way. But we this is out of the mouths of our our, our fans out there who really loved you. How did you kept such an open mind, even when I would argue your dates weren't giving you the most back in certain moments? Um, how, I guess, you know, 
the positive energy you brought to each date was just like very infectious as a viewer of a TV show, but also how I'd want to be dating and how I I know that I don't come across on a first date. How do you kind of, yeah, how do you approach first dates in that way? Such an open mind about the bio data. Like I think even if you, it's hard to explain, that's really what we are all dying to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so not even going to lie. So I read this book called It's Just a Fucking Date. Um, <laughs> and that like really changed my life. One of my girlfriends said to me, so I'm just trying to go into some better light here. Um, and she sent it to me and I read this book and like that, not that that changed my mindset completely, but it really helped to level set that like, you're just going to meet another human. And it's, it's just a fucking date. Like you're not committing to marriage with this person. You're not, um, you know, going to walk down the aisle in, in two hours after meeting them. Um, and so I was like, you know, it's fine. I was like, I'm just going to have a meal with another person or I'm just going to do this. And that really helped me to be like, why am I putting so much like pressure on this that I have to look perfect. Like, I have to say the right things and I have to do this. Like, it's fine. Um, the optimism, I think also more so comes from the fact that like, I've been burned in the past, but like, I'm just an optimistic person in general, I guess. Um, and like I said, I go in with no expectations and that helps to keep me a little bit more like a little happier because I don't have to be like, Oh, I really expect this person to be my husband now and they're not. So I'm going to go cry about it. No, I'm just going to be like, all right, it was just a date. Like, Let's see what happens next. Like maybe the next, you know, frog that comes along will be a prince, but. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I think it's also, oh, sorry. I think it's also so cool (laughs) that it's like the the Zoom (laughs) jump in is not smooth. I also think it's so cool that like when you gave your criteria to Seema and they, you know, like they listed it out for us in the show, it was very, I think everyone has a tendency to be like, maybe overly specific about like their checklist items of like the person that is meant for them. And I don't want to be hard on that because I think it's completely unfair to think that like we can't be intentional about who we want to be with. But I did think it was very cool that I I feel like your criteria were all just like personality traits and it wasn't a lot of like, oh, well, they need to have this type of career, this type of whatever. Like it was pretty broad minded. Is there a way that you like keep an open mind like that like have you had a process of like thinking you want one type of person and then realizing it's not um it's not useful for you um I mean I felt like I have I feel like I have a a type um but all the guys I've viewed have actually been so different from one another Um, so I was like, well, there has to be some string that's, you know, between them that has drawn me to them. And I think those were the traits that I listed out. But I even said, like, I, I think these are just like typical things that people say, but then I saw some of the other criteria and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it's not. Um, (laughs) but it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a personal, uh, you know, thing. And like you said, people, um, have, you know, can, can will what they, they want to in their partner. But um, I don't know, for me, I just, I just like want a good person. Like at the end of the day, like that was just it. Um, But I hadn't really gone through a a process to, to get there. It was just like, I know the things that I like about myself. And I would like to also see that maybe reflected in my partner. And so those were some of the things that, 
that I listed as criteria. Oh, that's so wise. I just think that like everyone, regardless of of their background, I think comes into dating with like, well, I want this. And I am saying that like with an annoying like voice, <laughs> but I did it too. Like I'm not judging that because I like so did that. Um yeah. but it's yeah, it's just like I feel like that's uh some some like real ass wisdom that you that you have around that. and then before we let you go because we don't want to take up too much of your time i have to ask if you can't answer it's okay but okay we saw your evolution through these dating these three different people I, i've just related to it in my own like dating life like you know a uh, uh, date it's not great then like something that's working out and then doesn't work out for like a very half-assed reason again i don't know the full story i watched a tv show but then i'm curious to know because your date with Shaker was so like the magical date. You were in Chicago. It was just so, are you still together talking? Can you tell us? Yeah. Um, so we are not together anymore. Um, a few weeks after we uh, ended filming, we, we stopped talking. Um, but he definitely, he's a catch. Um, but, you know, the stars are, are not aligned. And, you know, as we started to get to know each other a little bit better, we were just like, you know, maybe this is just not working. Um, and, yeah, it was the distance is hard and his hours are, are crazy. I have crazy hours. And, um, you know, we were end up talking to like two, three in the morning because that was like the only time frame oh, that wow. we had. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, it was, you know, he's he's great. And I did have like one of the best dates ever and it was like totally romantic like the picture of us like walking in the rain um was literally completely like my rom-com moment yes it's like the cover or like the <laughs> screenshot from the rom-com oh my god it literally i felt yeah. like i was watching a rom-com because i was like ah! and i loved your pants like that's a weird oh, but i specifically you. and i was watching with my boyfriend and he was like those are great pants so i'm like that's a little bit odd but like i feel like he doesn't actually notice when women dress well but you looked great um yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> Well, thank you so much. This was beyond, you know, thank you so much for answering all our questions. And, you know, it's just so fun to watch you. And this show is so great. And I'm just, yeah, I hope you. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait to, uh, to, you know, see. I hope, you know, the viewers enjoyed this. I hope that, you know, people enjoyed the show and. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Nadia. Yeah, oh, sorry. I jumped on Kimmy again. it's Zoom, it's Zoom, it's Zoom. (laughs) Uh, uh, But do you want to let everyone know where they can find you on social? Uh, Yeah, so my handle uh, for Instagram is at Nadia Jagastar. And uh, I am, um, I'm on there. So message me and send me any questions or anything that you guys have. And, uh, you know, thank you for all the love and support. I'm, I'm so excited. Amazing. Amazing. And we're going to link that in the show notes as always. And yeah, thank you so much, Nadia. We loved talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. 